Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice Hello Bruins fans and welcome back for episode 10 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Jean Vitale edition. I'm your host Mark Olivet and with me from his new studio in Kingston, Massachusetts is my buddy Derek DeVecchio. Derek, how are you today? I'm hanging in there my friend. Yeah, it's, um, yesterday was uh, a crushing defeat to Bruins Nation, um, but we will get into that um, shortly. I'm sure everybody's prepared for the the wonderful words we have to say, but I do have some good news. Um, if any good news can be brought on after after yesterday, uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is now on iTunes and available for download. So uh, any of the great subscribe, uh, any of the great listeners out there would like to go to iTunes and subscribe. That would be awesome. Uh, we've gotten. Um, uh, a huge amount of, of listeners since uh, I, f- <laughs> I figured out how to do iTunes, which took me uh, about a year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, it was a trial, um, a work in progress. So um, I'm really excited to, to be on iTunes. Uh, that's a format that a lot of the uh, podcasters that I talk to uh, they they suggest and and finally on and we we're very happy uh, to increase the numbers of listeners. It's it's awesome. So, how is everything, Derek? I I, I know you moved and how is the new studio? Awesome, uh, rare, rare to go. Um, it's been a long couple of weeks, you know, about a, a zillion car rides back and forth between Braintree and Kingston, but uh, I'm just doing in today. Good. I'm happy that you guys are uh, getting settled in, and um, the best of luck on your new home. Appreciate it. Awesome. So let's just let's just dive right into this. Um, the Bruins ended their the 2015-16 campaign with a 42-31-9 record, 93 points, and yet again they missed the playoffs. Last year, I don't know the record, but I know they had 96 points and they didn't make the playoffs. So something's something's not right, and I'm particularly not happy about it. I mean, I'm not going to get the running start and dive out my office window, but um, I don't. I yeah. I mean, what can you do? I don't. I don't understand it. Well, somebody's gonna have to go under the hood and, and, and 
figure out, you know, what tweaks need to be made. Um, obviously, when a season ends the way it did for us, you know, changes happen. Um, as far as what changes, I, I don't know. Um, that's clearly up to management. And uh, all I can say is I'm sure chairs were flying at Jeremy Jacobs' office in Buffalo yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, lots of speculation out there that uh, Claude Julian might be showing the door some, uh, sometime soon. Um, how, how do you feel about that? I, I read a post on Facebook earlier this morning about your thoughts, and, and I, I just wanted to hear what you had to say. Well, you know, uh, I would like him to stick around. Um, obviously, you know, he hit that milestone earlier in the year becoming the most winningest coach in uh, Bruins history. And, uh, you know, I'd be really sad to see him go. But, again, you know, I don't run the team. And, you know, whatever changes have to be made, that's, you know, pretty much up to the powers that be. Um, I'm sure that, you know, I don't know. When the season ends the way it did, like I said earlier, changes have to be made. And, uh, I could end up being one of them. That's um, that's a lot of what I'm hearing. I'm hearing uh, and reading um, that he probably won't be back. Um, I I I don't know. I mean, he, yes, he is a good coach. I can agree with that. But uh, for me, I I just think it's a, it's time for a change. I I. I really want to see a system change. Um, obviously, it's not working, and I believe that a move like this and and somebody else's uh, knowledge out there in the hockey world to come in and and, and give a fresh start. I, I I don't have a candidate. I don't know who's available, but um, don't hire a former player. I and I'm done. I'm absolutely done with that. Um, I, I was not on board. I mean, even though Neely made some, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he actually made the decisions because I'm not sure how involved he is, but um, I wasn't on board with, with them hiring him. I wasn't on board with Sweeney being hired. I, I don't like the idea of hiring former players. I, 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 I believe it sends a bad message. think that, that whoever they bring in, if they decide to make a change, um, if it's not, you know, former players, at least somebody with a local flavor. I mean, with all these young kids and a ton of these young kids that are coming up have, you know, it grew up around you. Well, having somebody that knows the area and the fan base, I, I don't think would be the worst thing in the world, but I hear what you're saying, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, bring in retreads the correct word to use. Right. I, I, yeah, I just, I mean, awesome, you're from the area, great, but, you know, I, I just, I just, I don't know why, I can't really explain why I feel this way, but, I, I don't know, I, I just, it's like a shock, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it shouldn't have been like this, and, and you go back and look at the schedule, and you look at all the games that they should have won, and 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 you and you just think about the game yesterday, and it's 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 just mind-boggling how 
how bad this team is. I mean, and I hate saying that. I really do. It hurts. It, it, I mean, I don't want to go and, like I said, jump out the window or anything like that. I'm more concerned of what's going to be done over the summer. And there's a long list of things to do for, uh, for, for management, whether it be the draft, free agency, you know. I mean, and, and what, what you have for cap space to, uh, to accommodate changes, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, just, I, just can't, I still can't believe it. I, I, you know, and I'm kind of happy I missed the game yesterday because I was uh, supporting uh, my local uh, youth hockey program in the Amesbury, Massachusetts area. And uh, the Amesbury team, the Pee Wee team won the championship and they play for another round of um, playoffs today in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. So, a little shout out for them. They did a great job. Yeah, they did a great job. Um, but I, 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 obviously I had my mobile phone on and getting the alerts and it was just, um, it was just awful. You know, and the part that gets me is that was a critical game. I mean, you know, Detroit was losing and lost that game. I mean, destiny was in our favor and we not show up and put forth such a, a lackluster effort in a critical game, I mean, wow, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right, and the, um, uh, what was I going to say, <laughs> what did you, um, what did you think about the whole RAS situation, and I hate to bring them up all the time, but there's, uh, a lot of people that were kind of pissed off that he came in and took, like, three or four shots in the warm-up and then left. It was funny, I was talking to my cousin Dave yesterday. One point that he brought out, which I I totally agree with, is this guy must have, should, and should have been deathly. For him to miss the game of this magnitude, you know, I mean, if, if we're talking about the common goal, and I don't know, I mean, then you have to basically question his intestinal fortitude, because, you know, look at a guy like Bergeron, you know? Yeah. I mean, this guy would play with a defibrillator attached to him if he had to. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, and uh, and the hate for him continues, yeah. um, which is, is getting really old. But um, Don, Don Cherry came out and said that he expects Rass to be traded to either the Edmonton Oilers or the Calgary Flames over the summer. Oh, both those teams have a huge prospect pool, so, I mean, <laughs> you know, if that was to happen, it might not be the worst thing, but then the question becomes, what are you going to do to replace him, because you don't have anybody in the organization right now would be able to step in and play those type of minutes. And, you know, what's funny is if, if the Bruins have the mentality of uh, getting back on track to win, um, I, do you really think... That's a good idea to 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 trade uh, a player like Tuka. And listen, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm a Tuka. I love the ki- I love the kid. All right, I've been watching him. I've been watching him since he was in Finland, before he was a draft pick for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I mean, I know his capabilities. He's got consistent stats, but he, I mean, 
I hate to say it, but I mean, in games, in certain games, he—I mean, especially this season and a lot of last season—he uh, was a no-show. But I'm not—I'm not gonna, you know, give up on him. Yeah, I, I just, I find it hard to believe that people want to get rid of him, but and, and you want to win now. Um, it's it's if if you trade a goaltender like him, um, you're gonna. Uh, what an awful echo I'm hearing. That's awful. <laughs> but uh, if you trade a goaltender like him, you're basically starting all over again. So if you think you're going to get back into the playoffs next season, you know, I'm not sure about that. And when you bring up the, the, the topic of defense, you know, that, that defense has to tighten up. You know, that was, a, that was a joke for the last two seasons. An absolute joke. And... Um, and I, I really hate saying this, but a player like Rask, if he if he sees that that they're that they're you know they're putting in the effort in front of him, you're going to get the best player out of him. So I, I I'm not sold on getting rid of him yet. And and you know who and all the bright people that have all these you know armchair GMs ideas, you know who, who's coming back? Are you gonna are you gonna want to get Talbot? You know, are you gonna want to get Jonas Hiller? I don't know. Come on, I mean, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. It is, and you know, the the toughest part is, you know, if they move on from Julian, I mean, there's a lot of veterans on this team that Taylor played within his system. Well, get rid of him. You're gonna have to basically, you know, uh, clean house, and I, you know, I, I'm hoping. To be honest with you, you know, people like you and me, we're really into the. Uh, whole big picture as far as like the prospects and stuff like that yeah we, we, we look at we look at it further than wins and losses we look at it deep organizational you know we talk about deep organizational conversations right so that's what we're all about I'm not about you know oh god they lost oh you know and then ha you know very happy that they win but you know it's the changes that an organization can make to get better for the future is is what I'm always interested in. Okay. So, so it's going to be a busy off season. Um, it's just, you know, what changes are they going to make? And you know, again, I totally agree about you. I like Rask. You know, it's funny. I, I just can't get over all the hatred that people have for this guy. You know, because everybody's everybody's riding on Timmy Thomas's nuts because he had a Stanley Cup. And until Tuca gets that Stanley Cup, whether it be in the Bruins. Or another team, he's always going to be second grade. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because a lot of what's going on right now, as far as the hatred towards him, basically started with the whole Thomas versus Rask discussion. Yep. Now it's morphed into this, you know, really horrible hatred towards him. I just don't get it. I like Puka, you know? Yep. I mean, he had a, a tough year. Okay, fine. The whole team had a tough year. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> it's horrible. 
But but the blame is always it's always corralled into you know bottlenecked right into the crease. You know what I mean? I mean I I talk to a lot of intelligent Bruins fans. You know and it's like some of the stuff they say is just oh really? I mean I mean defense hasn't shown up for the past two years, but it's always the goaltender's fault. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was a drummer in a pretty and not not in um, no successful band or anything like that. But you know what? When something happened, it was always the drummer's fault. So, I I, I, I yeah, but I I see how it goes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, with, with changes, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Is I mean. And I know, I understand. I got general manager dot com up right now, and I'm looking at the at the at the list of uh, players. I mean, would you have a problem with approaching uh, players like Chara and Seidenberg and saying, you know, can, we, can you please waive your no trade? I wouldn't have an issue with that, especially Seidenberg. I think his best days are behind him. I think he really. Uh you know, having him on the team was, was counterproductive, and, uh, you know, we need to revamp that second pairing, and I, you know, I think maybe moving a guy like a Kevin Miller, letting him walk and, you know, go to another team would be a big help, too. I, me personally, I, 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 I really question the leadership of Chara. I, I, you know what, this is, this is the final straw for me. I mean, this really did it. This non-playoff really, like, like where, not even just focusing any issues on him. And I'm not saying that he's the issue that for the last two years and we haven't made the Stanley Cup. It's a team effort. But to get better, I want to see that $7 million or whatever he makes, 6.9 this season, next season, and then goes down to $4 million. And then he's a UFA. Right. So, I I just his leadership. I I'm, I'm questioning it. I really am. Be honest with you, Mark. And, and you know, I think after yesterday's game and the way this team has approached the games this year, especially Winter Classic or performance in California, um, I think that all the leadership on this team and I, I hate to make Bergeron a part of that because I love the guy and obviously his number is going to be in the Raptors someday but after what I saw yesterday I think any part of the leadership of this team deserves to be called out for yesterday agreed I could not agree with you more and you know I'm the same way there's, there's, there's certain players on this team that have gone above and beyond their abilities to try to contribute, you know, but it just wasn't successful as a team. Where were the guys that kick water coolers and, and throw around chairs between periods? We don't have those type of fiery players. We just don't. And it's so obvious, you know. You had guys back in the day, like, I, I know that you're going to get mad, you know, when you refer back to the 2011 team and. I don't miss any of those players. You know, good luck to your future endeavors. Yada yada yada. But at the same time, where are those type of players that bring fire to the lineup? You know, I mean, Boleski, 
I give him credit. No, he apologized to the fan base yesterday. I think that all 20 guys in that team that were on that ice yesterday should have lined up and apologized to us because that was just a horrible effort. Yeah, t- you know what? You know, when you talk about Pulaski, I thought it was unnecessary for him to send out that tweet or whatever or whatever he said to a, a reporter about if you're showing up to the game and expecting failure, don't show up at all. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny because I read on I, I read a couple of things on that you know uh, interview, and I guess from what I read, that certain things were taken out of context and. I don't think that was one of the best things that he could have said. I think he could have definitely probably used a better terminology or whatever, but it is what it is. At least after the game, you know, he apologized to the fan base because uh, that was just brutal. The, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what, what he, I mean, it's good to say that as, as motivation for a team, but what you did was you added fire to all the, all the haters. Right. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've, that's that's probably one of the reasons why I, I kind of stayed away from social media yesterday, and I was just enjoying a you know a, 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 a good youth hockey program, um, because it was just I, I knew it was gonna happen. Sort of it was like it was three to one or two to one. I'm like oh you know I'm just I'm just shutting everything off. <laughs> yeah, that second period yesterday, my lord. I mean, they well, was that was that the four goal period? Yeah, you know, oh, that was it. I heard all about it. When they went into the room between the second and the third, and it was four to one. I mean, you can just tell they were they were cooked. You know, standing around, you could just tell by the look on their faces they knew what they didn't know what hit them. Yeah, deer in headlights. Yeah, absolutely. Pitiful. Yeah, yeah, to say the least, absolutely pitiful. So. um... Where do we go from here? Hey, Providence is still alive. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, while they're still in the playoffs, week to week, we can touch on them and support them. I mean, they're a part uh, of the organization. That's, that, that's a lot. I, I mean, you know, you know I'm, um, I follow a lot of the, uh, the, the, the minor programs and uh, Canadian juniors, so we will be discussing uh, any Bruins-related topics until you, you people get sick of us. <laughs> um, you never know. I mean, uh, Cassidy, if Julianne gets moved, could be one of those guys that could be ready to step in. You know what? And again, and I keep telling you this, this is the reason, one of the reasons why I love having you on. Because um, you bring up good topics. And, and Cassidy, I'm not sure, would be a fit. I. Uh, you know what? If if it's if it's if it's for, you know, replacing Joe Sacco, okay, I'm in. You sold me on that one. As long, I mean, Cassidy down in Providence has a very good power play. The Bruins, I'm not sure if they still have a good power play or had a good power play, but they were in the top ranks of the league. So. You know what? I I could you could say that he could probably be a good coach there in that scenario. Players that we have in the lineup like and Achari. Yeah, yeah. He'd be good for them. Oh, I agree. I absolutely agree. But I'm just I'm just going back on what I said earlier in the show. Is um, you know I 
he's not a hire within, and he wasn't a form. I don't believe he was a former player for the Bruins, but he's been with the Providence Bruins for a while. He's known the organization, knows the system. I just don't think that that's the right idea. I think that, and I could be wrong. I just think that if if any changes are going to be made and they're actually going to do something with Julian, you got to go outside. Revamp. I mean, I mean seriously, clean house. Go from Neely right down to Sweeney and Julian. Get them all out. Well, the thing is, is that that's just my opinion. <laughs> scares me is, 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 let's say they do move on from Julian. Would you be happy with them bringing in a guy like a Milbury or a Mark Crawford or who's been rumored or maybe a, a Boucher? I, I don't know. That's that's another great question. Um, a Milbury, absolutely not. Um, but but I will say this: if they bring in Milbury, you're going to see an active bench. If he's not happy, he will go up and down that bench. I don't see that with Julian. I see, the only the only the only thing I see from him is when he gets a play. When, when there's a bad call from a referee. And then, you know, here comes the uh, the, the KFC bucket of chicken. <laughs> I love that picture. Right. But, you know, that's the only, I mean, when the brewer, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not there. I'm not, my eyes are not focused on Julian all the time. But but when, when the Bruins are down and out, like, I'm sure he just had the, the look of stupidity yesterday. You know, but did he did he yell anything? Did he say anything? Did he you know call people out on the bench? I mean, I, I understand it's a job, and I understand that's you know kind of like your boss or your leader or you know that he's your head coach. You know, show some freaking emotion and get to these guys because obviously they're not getting your message. You know, and I, I believe that that's when if a team's not getting a message, it's time to make a change. Because you can't fire the players, and coach, coaches, coaches are not in a union, so they can go. And believe it or not, and I know you know a lot of people have heard this from the you know the leading writers and podcasters and, and news guys, sports news guys. But believe it or not, when June, if Julian is in fact released from the Bruins, it's not going to be long before he gets another job. Right. And he's French. And he's French. He's French Canadian and he speaks French Canadian. He speaks Canadian, whatever. But you know, I I, I honestly couldn't. I actually could see him going back to Montreal. Well, and, and let me throw this at you. You know, let's say that you know a team like Carolina or somebody goes to move to Quebec. They're gonna need a French-speaking coach, somebody that's bilingual that can deal with the media and the fan base and. And maybe he takes a year off. Maybe it takes them a year to get that franchise going up there. Maybe he, uh, maybe he's the guy. You never know. You got any inside information on Carolina going to Quebec? I don't. I've heard whispers here and there. I know that they've had issues as far as attendance and things of that nature. So um, I heard a rumor that they want to maybe add two teams in the West and then maybe in order to uh, appease, you know, the Nordiques fans that want a team back, maybe one of the underperforming teams in the league, Carolina, that's, like I said, had issues with attendance, could move there. 
I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not, but... Right. It's all it's all hearsay right now. Right. So, um... All I know is, if they're going to make a coaching change, I want them to bring somebody in that's not only going to be... How do I say this? Have veterans, you know, um, buy into their system will also be able to work with these young kids that are going to be coming through. You know, you Agreed. need somebody that's going to be able to do both. And, you know, say what you want about Julianne. That's been an issue with him and his coaching career is dealing with younger players. Oh, yeah, and that's one thing I cannot stand about him is, is uh, you know, when they're up against it, he shortens his bench and goes with his veterans. You know, it, it, it's good to feel that way. It's good to, you know... To give your the, the you know the top minute guys time, but if it's if it doesn't work, stop doing it. You know what I mean? I mean, so what? It, it, just give the kids the opportunity. It might not happen, but you're trying. You're trying to see if something can happen. Be proactive. You know, it it just kills me. It absolutely kills me that um, at the end of the game. When he shortens his bench and sits all the young talent for slower veterans, you know, I mean, the other team's playing in the same 60-minute game. So that team could probably be tired. That's when you want your young players to step up, use the speed against them, and try to create opportunities. You know, the one thing that killed me this year with this team is lack of traffic in front of that net. I mean, I'd say probably, what, 75, 80% of the shots on goal in the offensive zone were from the outside. Yeah, perimeter shots. It was ridiculous. Go into the dirty areas. Go in there and make things happen. Goalie's not going to stop every shot that he can't see. Yeah, you got to get you got to get in that crease. Net front presence. And, and and create havoc in front of him, and I, you know, and I gotta I gotta give props to Bolesky. Bolesky's that kind of player. Yes. But that's another thing that I, I noticed this year was was there was just it was almost they were afraid to go in front of the net. You know, that's where a kid like Kreider, who the Rangers basically were were throwing his name around, that would be if you're gonna go out, you're gonna improve your team. I would be the kind of player you bring in here. I mean, that's the kind of guy that goes into the dirty areas, yeah. does his job, gets shots, whatever. You know, you know, they need that type of player. Besides Pulaski, they need more. You know who I want? Exactly. It probably won't happen, but he's the best guy, the best guy I've ever seen in front of the Well, I'm not saying that, but for now, okay. the person I've seen in front of the net, Wayne Simmons, Philadelphia oh, yeah. Flyers. Guy would be a cult hero here. Uh, I mean, he, that guy camps out in front of the crease, and just and just works hard, strong, and he gets those scrappy goals, those those quick rebounds that the go, the goaltender can't cover up. That's close to thirty goals this year, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's strong, he's tall, big. You know what I mean? It's just he's a to me he's a complete player for that net front presence type of you know mentality. Great. You really need, uh, you know, tougher players. You know, these, these soft players like uh, Connolly and Hayes. You know, move on. Yeah. 
been clear that they're going to have that intestinal fortitude and paddle for every time. You know? So... They don't have enough of those players right now. No, I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. And... and over the summer, it's the pieces are going to have to be put together. I mean, it, if 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 next season is any a mirror image to the last two years, then then you start. I I would seriously consider um, firing Sweeney. Yeah, I mean, where he's only had one year, you know, you don't want to bring a GM in for a year and just decide to get rid of him. I mean, unfortunately, that you know. You gotta give him time. Yeah. He won't his head won't be on the guillotine. As far as Neely, I don't know. I mean his his number's up on the rafters, so That doesn't matter. I know, I, I know. Oh my know. god. I know. I hear you. Trust me when I I, I hear you. Hush. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm saying I'm not saying it because I'm and then there's ownership. How does ownership feel? That's yeah. When is Simon Jacobs gonna come down and, and you know, like pressure these guys I'm out. It, it might happen I don't know I'm not in the room but you know there was a, there was a time t uh, two years ago right around December that he made a trip down and had a meeting and basically said that your, your jobs are on the line where was that this season I didn't hear anything did you no. I didn't so I, I, I just uh, I just, I just really hope this organization is not about concessions and ticket sales. You know what I mean? I, I want to see the pride. I want to see, and I'm not saying big bad Bruins. Yep, it was awesome when I was growing up, but the game has changed. People have to get used to the change. The game's faster. It's faster, and you know, being heavy is one thing, but you need to have skill and speed to go with it. Agreed. And that's why Chicago and L.A. have been so successful because, you know, we came in in 2008, 2009 and brought back the Big Bad Bruins, which was great. We pretty much owned the league at that time for a while. And, you know, Chicago and L.A. come in and they had skill and speed for the heavy game. And those teams have won, what, five out of six of the last cups? Yeah. It works. That's what we need. We need to be able to, you know, and I don't know. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if another West team won the cup this year. That, I mean, that's basically how it's going. Agreed. And there's a, there's only a few teams in the East that are, are are on the on the wagon of of what they're doing. And, and and you know, I preach this. I've been preaching this for two years now, or maybe even three years. Is the you know the um, the four lines of offensive depth. You know, I mean. Stop getting players like Ronaldo. Stop getting old timers like Talbot. You know what I mean? You've got players that, I mean, you might get pushed around, but you're going to friggin' out skating. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that's what I believe is, is killing this team, is they don't have enough for a 60 minute effort. And that's why you get beat by Montreal all the time. That's why you get beat by teams that aren't even in the friggin' playoffs. But you, you, you play one of the greatest games against Detroit. That just, that's just bipolar cardiac Bruins. Not going to win that way. No. I mean, I, I just don't understand how you can Jekyll and Hyde. And, 
you know, show up for one game and then not even be in the same building the next. And you know, another thing this year that really, really pissed me off is, you know, this team was always one of those teams that always played well with the lead. It basically like throwing a wet blanket on a fire. Oh, this season was awful, Derek. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they were they were the absolute worst in the NHL when it came to having the lead after two periods. That third period, on a, many occasions this season, was their failure. Yeah. When play, I mean, they gave up so many goals in the third period. That's that's look at that stat. I mean, that's that's sad. That is so sad that you have a lead and you blow it with 20 minutes to go. And you know, it's sad that we were in the position we were in because of all the points that we left on the table this year. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said earlier, you can go through the schedule and, and nitpick all the games, the Edmontons, the you know the Ottawa's, the the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. You know those those were points that were on the table that you just left. Just in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I don't know. I I'm so frustrated. I'm. But you know, it's it's gonna take me a day or two to get to get to shake this. But as soon as I'm done with that, I'm getting right into you know what can be done, who can we pick up, and you know what moves have to be made. Well, I mean, I always look back at the O'Connell uh, Dave Lewis years, and, you know. Oh I mean, God. We were in a lot worse position back then. Right, but then after that, it was what was it? Seven years of a consistent playoff. You know, you you were you were top of the team, top team, one of the top teams in the NHL during that stretch, and then basically fall off the planet. Right. The last two years, it's. So, I mean, to me, that would be the perfect reason to to, to revamp a system. If, if if you believe, if honestly, Derek, if you believe that coaches are finally figuring stuff out about a, a team and their scheme and their and their work ethics, wouldn't you want to change it? Yeah, I mean, you should. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, I've met Claude Julian personally. Just real quick, I want to go through. Um, I want to get your opinion. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna look at generalfanager.com, and I'm just gonna go through, and I want to know who you would resign and who you would let go. Okay. Are you ready, sir? I am. All right. Brett Conley. Move him and move him. Well, good. Don't bring him back. He's a free agent. Let him walk. Lee Stepniak. 
on the fence. I mean, again, you know, he's not going to hurt the chemistry of your team. He's going to score goals. He understands how to play. He's got chemistry with Bergie. I've been training with him a few summers. So, him, I'm on the fence, but I would have to lean more towards Jens. I would resign. Uh, Landon Ferraro. Resign. Tyler Randall. Oh, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, given the opportunity, the kid can score goals. There's no doubt about that. I mean, his shooting percentage, not too bad. Um, I'm 50-50 on him. Either way. John Michael Lyles. I like him. Um, I don't like his number. And that that's going to increase, by the way. He's at 3.8 right now. He could easily be begging for a 4.5, maybe even a 5. I, I just yeah, don't like it. If you're going to bring crew back with pretty much right around those numbers, then, yeah, you know, I like him as a veteran, but at the same time, I, I'd like to see them revamp the defense and, uh, you know, paying Lyles that kind of money, you risk losing crew. So... I'd have to pass on that one. Well, before I continue, I just wanted to tell you this. That I'm, I'm, I'm on generalfanager.com, and did you know that 50%, over, or a little over 50% of the cap is uh, dedicated to forwards, and 33% of the cap is dedicated to defensemen? Wow. Yeah, you want to know why? You want to know why? Well, it's you because forwards generally on your roster than defensemen, but still, yeah, that's staggering. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, look at all the players that are. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of players that are, are under a million dollars, and that that can make up for that. But well, I mean, it's basic math. I mean, you've got four guys on the team right now that are making around seven million. That's why twenty-eight million. The cap's gonna hopefully go up to seventy-four. Which is the rumor? I guess the Canadian dollar has rebounded. A little bit, yep. So basically, you know, you're paying 28 million for four guys, and then you have around 46 million for the rest of the team. That's tough. That's right. Tough. You know, you got to wonder, and then you know you're going to be looking for Krug that's going to want to raise, and I would give that kid as much money as possible. I love that Corey Krug. All right, so you're you're good you're good with resigning crew. Definitely. All right, uh, Joe Morrow. Uh, you know, you could use him as a as a pretty decent seventh defenseman. I mean, he brings offense, and you know, God forbid, you know, you, if you have to play a few games without crew, you're gonna need somebody to come in and provide some offense and skating ability from the back end. So. As long as he's brought back as a seventh defenseman or maybe a lower pairing, I'd be okay with that. Kevin Miller. See ya. <laughs> I knew that was going to be sad. <laughs> I love his physical game. Yeah, but there's, there's, there's more to it. But at the same time, you know, he's pretty much uh, expendable when you have a guy like McQuaid on the roster. Zach Trotman. See ya. I No way. Colin Miller. Uh, I would I would bring him back. Yeah, I would too. I, he's he's a work in progress. He I is. think he, I think he's going to be good. And you know he, he's a he's a good kid. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, you know 
you don't know how he'll react to a different voice. That is basically depending on whether Julianne comes back or not. But um, I'd bring him back. He's definitely worth it. Jonas Gustafsson. It's a backup. You know, you're going to get what you get out of him. Uh, as long as you limit him to 15, 20 starts as a backup, I do it. I, I, uh, I am not a Gustafsson fan. Just, just because of his history, he's done. I mean, he's done better um, this year than he has in the past, I believe. Um, so, um, I would not resign him, but I would resign him if you look down in Providence and the availability of the developing program down there and the goaltending depth. Um, Subban not ready, in my opinion. A lot of people say he is. Uh, I, I really want to see his game after he gets back on the ice from taking the puck to the throat. And like you said a couple of uh, podcasts ago, uh, gun shy. Uh, Jeremy Smith, uh, career AHL player, never been called up to the NHL. I, I'm not sure. I, I like him. He plays good down in the down in the uh, American League. I, I just have the feeling of uh, um, uh, a Nicholas Fedberg in him, but I haven't seen it yet. You know, uh, you know, I mean, if you keep him, what are you going to do? Loan him to another team? Well, that, that's 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 move on from either McIntyre or Subban. That's my point to a lot of people that I talk to, and um, unfortunately, the, these people that have opinions about Smith they don't watch the games and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else because I have the availability to watch a wide you know I, I, I watch a lot of hockey put it that way and, and it's, it's all related to the Bruins whether it be prospects or minor system and, and NHL hockey so if you don't see what actually goes on you can't give an opinion on, on his stats so, I mean, I like Jeremy Smith. He's a good player, but the Bruins didn't think very highly of him when they loaned him to Iowa. What does that tell you? It, it tells me that he's not in the fold for the future. Maybe they had more of a higher, how do I say this, confidence in one of those kids, and maybe, you know, you don't know. You, you never know. I mean, but I hear what you're saying. But like I said last week, I believe it was last week, I, I would have put McIntyre in the East Coast League yeah. I mean, instead of loaning Jeremy Smith. But, you know, it is what it is. That's what happens. I don't see Jeremy Smith being resigned here. You know, you could be on to something. Maybe they did, maybe with, uh, and you brought this up a couple episodes ago, maybe they do move that ECHL team to Worcester. Maybe at that point, maybe you say, you know, Zane McIntyre, look, kid, you're going to need some more time to develop. And let him be a starter down there. Let him play a majority of the games. And he could he could easily get fifty games down there. Agreed. Easily. You, know, and you buy yourself time. So yeah, I mean, and that that net news about Worcester and uh, teams possibly being affiliated yeah. is creating is creating a lot a lot of news. So um, it's it's my belief, um, and, and nothing's nothing's credible yet. But it's my belief that uh, the Bruins, um, are gonna, like I said last week or, the, or a couple episodes ago, 
that the Bruins are prepared to stockpile um, some prospects. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins organization uh, has a kind of a like a Red Sox minor system. You know, they have I, I don't know they have like thirty thousand leagues. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not thirty thousand. Um, but they have a lot of leagues of, de of development, and I believe that the, the National Hockey League is going to start uh, implementing uh, more pro minor programs like that to, like I said, stockpile prospects. And, you know, if there's an availability and a need and somebody's doing up, you climb the ranks. Um, just like... ...leagues in the KHL, and if you're not making room for these kids... Gonna have to play somewhere. Well, you're just losing the potential of these kids developing and being good players in the league. So if you have the ECHL and you build that up and you store prospects down there, it gives you the opportunity to make sure that your minor league team, Providence, doesn't become a parking lot. And you're just stumping other kids' development. Have that other option. Say, well, you know what? I'm gonna put McIntyre and Wister and. Well, Hardgrove isn't playing a lot in Providence, and we got all these young kids that we want to take a look at. So, why don't we store him down there in Worcester too, for a little bit? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm talking obviously scenarios, you know, hearsay, but at the same time, you know, right? Not a bad thing. But it, you know, right now the Atlantic Gladiators is the Bruins East Coast Hockey League affiliate, and there's only there's only one Bruins prospect, maybe two. I mean, so, you might as well put your ECHL team in uh, It's a little low, breaking up a bit. All right, so I don't know. I think we should just end the show right here. Sounds good. All right. Um, thank you again, everybody. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, if you would, uh, we'd really appreciate it even more if you go to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and of course, keep listening on CyberCloud.com. And we will be here next week, and we'll, you know, have some more discussions about the potential um, roster for next season. And uh, if there's any moves that are going to be made, we'll keep you informed. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much, Derek. You have a great week. You too, my friend. I'll be talking with you. All right. Take care. Another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.